Hello everyone and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host Melissa and thank you for joining me today. I hope you liked our new music. I had a hard time with it. I had a hard time uh, figuring it out and deciding exactly what was going to work. I fell in love with this artist and his music, but he does a lot of soundtrack pieces and it doesn't really fit with my voice. So I was just like, man, I hope he has something. And so I literally went through every single one of his albums and found the song. And um, I thought it was good because it's a little upbeat, a little spooky, a little soothing, and a little just like balanced. It's a really, really balanced song. So um, yeah, I hope you guys liked it. <laughs> and that should be the theme music for the rest of the episodes, unless something happens and I change my mind, or someone comes up with new descriptive words for the show. That's how this all started, I might add. But yeah, I, I hope you guys liked it. So I hope you had your tea and your snacks. Um, But yeah, we've got some business to take care of before I get into the episode today. So to begin with, if you have a story, send it to thehauntedride.com. Or um, you can email it to thehauntedride at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to have it, and I would love to have it on the show. I've got a ton of other stories, but it occurred to me that while this podcast was built for people's stories, not necessarily my own, the majority of it has been my stories. You know, I needed to essentially fill in the time because I hadn't gotten any stories. It occurred to me that if you guys subscribe to the show and you listen to the show, that means that for the majority of the time you've heard my stories. And so it seems a little weird to just bunch everything together and sort of say, oh, you know, now I have listener stories, so let's just only play that. Because it's like, okay, well, yeah, you know, that's what I wanted this podcast to be, but it had to adapt and grow in that time. And it did. So I've just sort of decided to cut up the episodes a little bit and not just only have listener stories when I have them, but sort of spread them out. So today's episode is actually going to be some of my experiences. I actually have a sort of funny one and one that's kind of creepy. <laughs> it is the l latest thing that's creeped me out. Uh, I don't really get creeped out by much, but this, this happened and it did it. So this episode will be uh, my stories and then I believe next week's episode will be some more listener stories. And then the week after that, we're going to do a poll to see what do you guys want to listen to as far as a mythology episode? What do you want the next one to be? It'll be posted everywhere. It'll be all on the social media. Um, I'm on Twitter at Haunted Ride, Facebook and Instagram on The Haunted Ride. I also have a Pinterest on The Haunted Ride. The YouTube is The Haunted Ride. Um... And then, of course, you know, the website, thehauntedride.com. So if you are following or subscribing or any of those things, and I will even post a link to the poll in the episode that comes out right before it. That way, everybody can take part if they want to. And um, it'll be a really cool way to also kind of get your feedback on what you want to hear. But um, the other thing that I needed to talk to you guys about before we actually get into the episode is... I really had only planned to say something about the spiritual and paranormal advice and that it's going to be a service on the website in last week's episode. But it occurred to me that if someone was to listen to 
this week's episode or the following week's episode, they're not going to really know unless they look at the website. And I'm going to be honest, I love tons of podcasts. I really do. And because I have a podcast, I do follow them on social media, but I typically won't go to their website. But if I don't hear it, I'm not going to go. So I'm going to let people know about that every single episode. Um, It wasn't my original thought, but I think that's sort of what needs to happen. So in saying that, we have services, the Paranormal and the Spiritual Guidance. I've had a couple people actually sign up for it. It's been really great. They have a private email address that I email them from. Um, We're talking back and forth, and my goal is just really to help people. I never really thought that this would turn into me being able to help people that way too, but I'm excited that it has because that means that I can do something, you know? I I can somehow help and, and somehow maybe just make someone stay a little bit better. And that's really important to me. Um, Also, we have our Patreon, and typically I would do a true crime episode in the middle of the month. So somewhere around the 15th or so of each month, when it falls on a Saturday. But I'm having a really hard time with true crime right now. I, I still love it as a typical topic, but I haven't been able to listen or get into it or watch shows about it lately. It's just really, really hard for me. So I don't want to do research and try to make an episode that, quite honestly, it's going to be really hard for me to get through. So the episodes are going to change on Patreon. It's going to be just a a general bonus episode. And uh, this one's going to be me reading some of the grim stories. And if I have an experience or an opinion or something, I'll lump it in there to see if maybe, you know, maybe they pulled some facts. Because sometimes fiction, there's some fact in it, right? Um, but that's all the general business I have to get into. We're going to listen to a promo and our sponsor, and then we will get into the actual stories. And I hope you like it. Are you a true crime junkie? Do you talk about true crime with your friends all of the time? And are there cases that have stuck with you for so many years because of geographic or emotional closeness? If so, then welcome to Fatalities. I'm Elisa Lucas, and this is the podcast where I explore true crime cases over tea with the help of my friends. Because without tea, friends, and good conversation, there's nothing but darkness and chaos. So grab a warm cup of tea and join me as my friends and I discuss the cases that have struck a chord with us and the related issues that might help us understand why such horrible crimes have occurred. The podcast is dropped every other Wednesday and is available on such podcatchers as Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and so much more. You may follow Fatalities on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but don't forget that T's is spelled T-E-A-S, because here is where we spill the tea. Okay, so, and we're back. Um, now, I wanted to go in order <laughs> of this, but there's a, there's a particular story that I need to explain first because I I sort of teased it before and I was like yeah I had something super creepy happen to me um so I have spirit guides and I'm in communication with them uh, to the point where a lot of the time I don't typically answer them out loud if I'm by myself but sometimes I do and I'm sure it seems like I'm nuts <laughs> I, I haven't really done it around people like I'm really it, it's really only when I'm alone so I you know I and I'll I'll be talking to them 
when I'm giving advice. I trust them when I do the episodes sometimes. Like, you know, I just kind of hear them there. And that's normal to me. That's great. Like, I'm really happy that I can hear them. I love them. They're, you know, they're fantastic and I love them dearly. But a couple of weeks ago, I was going through the episode and at the very end of me saying a sentence, it was me giving advice about something or the other, I immediately heard, mm-hmm. Now, I tend to say, mm-hmm. I'll do it when I'm in interviews, and normally when I'm saying it, it means that I am listening to the person, I'm engaged in the topic, and I, you know, just to continue. I typically don't do it just as, like, to say yes. So, that being that, I don't mm-hmm when I'm by myself. Like, I, I don't do that. I, I only do it when I'm talking with someone. So when I heard it, I was like, that's not me. To begin with, that's not me. Like, I know it's not. Because it made no sense for me, when, when you listen to the sentence, it made no sense for me to immediately say, mm-hmm, after it, or for me to say it so closely to the audio that I had just finished. Like, it was almost right on top. When I cut it out, I had to be really careful that I didn't cut out my sentence, too. And I was just like, okay. And I listened to it a couple times, and I knew who it was, and I knew where it was coming from. And it was fine. It creeped me out a little because, you know, I hear them to myself, or I hear them in essentially my head. So, you know, I know that they're there, and I know that they're real. But it's different knowing something's around or real than it is hearing it, like, out loud, where you can't take it away, right? So she's like, okay, <laughs> all right, so that happened, so that's, that's it, <laughs> that's enough, cool, <laughs> got it, okay. And that was it. Well, I got an email from someone, and I read the email, and I was going to respond, but I had to not, because I had read the entire email, and I was, I was, you know, kind of gathering my thoughts to make a response, and I get to the last paragraph. And basically, and if you're listening, you'll know who you are, <laughs> and this is why I didn't respond to your email yet. Um, they said to me, when you said on the interview with Courtney and Andriel that you record and edit and do everything with this podcast on your own, which I do they dropped something they had in their hand. And they did that because they hear mm-hmm in the background of my podcast episode quite frequently. And they told me that they hear it when I'm sometimes making statements, almost like someone's agreeing with me. And apparently you can hear it so often that she thought there is another person that I was recording with. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, because here's the thing. Spirit guides, for the most part, typically, unless you're ignoring the fuck out of them, they don't really want to be brought up or noticed or completely discussed about with other people. I mean, some of them do. But if you're talking about older, more ancient, more powerful, even like deities that are currently guiding you around right now, they kind of just want to be there and then go out and do their own business. Like, sometimes they're okay with being talked about, but in my experience, a lot of the ones that I've spoken with, they they were just there for me. It's a personal experience. It's not made to be public. So 
to begin with, that's why it's, I won't say their names out loud. I know who they are and I know their names. I won't say them out loud. I try not to... I will say that, like, you know, I've said numerous times, I have a spirit guide, but I won't say who it is um, because it's a personal experience and they're around for me personally. And that doesn't mean that, you know, if I wasn't listening, they might not go hop over to another psychic and be like, hey, yo, you, please tell her she needs to listen. It's not what it means. It means that they're just, they're, they're guiding me. You know, having that relationship and that connection, it's very personal. I mean, think about like when you have a relationship with someone, right? You don't need to share everything that happens in that relationship because if you do, to the other person, they're kind of going to be like, "Okay, but this is this is ours and this is private." And so that's that's the respectful boundary I have with my spirit guides and and who's around. So to hear them outside of my own head is creepy enough. To to hear them, um, to find out that they can be heard so often that someone thought I was not recording by myself. Um, and also to the fact that they're agreeing with certain statements, it's almost like they are literally having a dialogue with me. And because they are so close to me, my microphone is picking it up. It was really, it was actually really awesome after I got done being creeped out about it, because that means that they are using this medium with me to also assist someone else. I don't, when I, I listen back to every single episode and if I hear it in there, then yeah, I'll cut it out, but I don't hear it. And I don't, I don't listen to every episode with, uh, headphones on. So perhaps then I might hear every single one. So I kind of feel like perhaps they are doing this when they know that someone will eventually end up hearing this episode and they need to understand and be guided through the same thing. And that is their way as a medium to connect with that person as well without having to leave me to do it. So they're just being extra helpful, really. But it was still fucking creepy. <laughs> it really was. So now that I sort of hopped around, and that, that's actually, that happened a couple days ago. Um, but I've got experiences going back about three weeks or so. So let's get into them. One of them I discussed on the interview episode with Courtney and Andrell, but I decided I'd just talk about it here because I wrote it down. But it was really fucking weird. I was driving on my way to work, and there was a car who was driving erratically in front of me. And I couldn't get around him, and I was just like, oh, you know, I'll just make sure that I, I always give the car space, but just be extra careful around this car. And I saw the car basically is like a green, um, I can't even tell you, I think I, I think I thought it was like a Camry or something, but it was like a bubble back is the best way I can describe it. You know, like not a flat back, like an SUV or something like that. It kind of looked like a Camry, an older model, and it was dirty. It was filthy dirty. And I remember going like, what the fuck? And I remember the license plate was from um, Arizona. I even remember part of the license plate number right now. And I remember thinking that the, the person driving it was a guy. Now, I was behind them and I was staying away from them. So I never got around them or never got past them or never got to the side of them. So there's no way for me to know for a fact that it was a guy. But I can tell you what the guy looked like too. So now I am behind this car almost my entire way to work, which is about a 30 minute drive, a little bit over. And I was behind this car almost the whole entire way, at least probably 10 minutes or so into the ride. And then it was like... Now, to describe my state of mind, I was extremely exhausted. I was really tired, 
And it is easier for things to happen when I'm really tired because I'm kind of in that in-between place. So I kind of just like almost woke up a little, which was weird because I wasn't sleeping. I was driving and I knew I was driving and I was paying attention to that. But it, was, it felt like I had just woken up a little bit and the car is not there. And I'm like, where did that car go? It didn't move to the side uh, where it disappeared. There's no exit. There's no place for it to move. It's a three lane highway. Don't get me wrong. But all the surrounding cars that I originally saw there about a minute ago were still there. So there's no place for the other car to have gone. Now the person who's driving in front of me is still driving erratically like the other car, but a little more subdued. And their car doesn't look anything like a green Camry that's completely filthy with Arizona plates. Their car is a, is a Florida license plate, and it was, a, it was a hatchback, not a sedan. And I couldn't tell you who was driving in front of it, but I don't think it was the same man that I saw. And I don't really understand what that was. I don't understand... Where it came from, you guys, like, I know it's going to sound crazy, or like, I was just super exhausted, so I was hallucinating, but I don't hallucinate. I've never have, ever. And I know I saw that car, and I remember studying that car so much because of how erratically it was driving that if it was going to cause an accident, I was going to be the first person to call the cops. That's how real I thought this was. I don't know where that car went. Like, I looked everywhere, and it didn't, it didn't have anywhere to go. That particular spot is about a four mile drive and you can't turn off anywhere at all there was nothing for that car to hide behind and I don't know if you know and I talked about this uh, a couple days ago with someone sometimes we're shown things or we have things happen to us that have absolutely nothing to do with us we just happen to be the most connected psychic at the time and that's just who it comes into so maybe that's the case, but I don't really understand. I'm in Florida. Don't get me wrong. We have people from all over, but Arizona and like, it was like the car was dirty, not like it had been driving through mud or something like it was covered in dust. Like, like if it was literally driving through a desert, I don't understand what that was. I don't understand why I I, I don't know what that was. It wasn't a dream. Like, I really, like, I saw this car in front of me for 10 minutes, and then I just almost snapped out of whatever I was in and realized that, that wasn't the car there. So that was my first weird experience. So another one is, uh, actually, we got a new person at our job. And comically enough, I actually met her on the elevator, and I had decided I didn't like her. I, it was a... Uh, my spirit just didn't align with hers, and I read certain things from her that I didn't really, I knew were going to be a problem. So, I didn't really know her, though, and I didn't know that's who was coming onto our team or even coming on our floor. So, because I got off, and I didn't really pay another lick of attention to her. And then, all of a sudden, I just felt like a weird energy around, and then, then I was introduced to the girl. And long and behold, when we were introduced, the exact same energy that I felt from her in the elevator was still there. And I was like, all right. Essentially, I just kind of thought she was snarky and um, that she was going to be just like somebody else on the team and it was just going to be a problem. So there's another girl on our team who she's also empathic. And I know she believes in ghosts, but we don't talk about stuff like this. 
And I don't think she knows to call herself an empath, but she's definitely, like, very empathic. And I wish we could have that conversation so that maybe I could help her a little bit because I know sometimes she has a hard time, but I, I don't think she's ready and I don't think she's at that point. But comically enough, she sent me a message and she was like, so what do you think about the new girl? And I said, I think she's going to be snarky. So girl goes over and she meets her um, and she's like, well, she seemed nice to me. And I was like, oh, you know, that's good. About a week and a half goes by and all of a sudden I get a random message and the message is, she's just like this other person. And she said she's snarky and a whole bunch of other things. I was like, oh, I was right. I was like, so I said to her, I said, what happened to she seemed nice? She goes, she did that. <laughs> so, you know, not to seem like a bitch about her or anything. Uh, so it was just, um, this is, these are the moments where I talk about my empathic abilities can be helpful. And I hope that anyone who is an empath gets to this point where the ability to be able to read people and to absorb that information, they're able to use that as really all it is, information. They're able to help themselves if they see fit. So in this case, I'm able to help myself in going, all right, this is what's going on. This is how it's going to be. I know that without even having a second or third word with this person, and I know not to expect anything else and to always keep that in the back of my mind. And so if they act or react in any certain type of way, I know that's where this is coming from. It doesn't mean that I think they're a bad person or anything like that, but it means that I, it's almost like understanding someone's genetic makeup without studying them. That's sort of what being an empath can be. It's like, we, you know, we all have different emotions that come in and come around us every single day, but we have a core of a personality. And if you're a psychic and you're an empath, you can, it can be able for you to understand the core of that person's personality outside of the emotions they're feeling that day. And so that'll help you align yourself when you're around that person. So it, it can be a really, really good thing. And I hope that every empath is able to kind of get to that point where it's not just about absorbing other people's emotions and you know, people think you're the bad guy because you sometimes have to take a break away from them because they are too energetically and emotionally tiring for you as an empath because you're constantly taking their emotions and putting it on you. So I just hope everyone can get there. And um, I hope in the episodes as they go on and as I share my experiences that perhaps I help you guys get there too. Now, this next experience was actually really funny to me. We were coming back from a team outing, and there's a particular girl who likes to smoke. There's two people who smoke in our team, and I don't like the smell of smoke or to be around people when they're smoking. It's just my preference, right? So we're walking, we're talking, and I don't really realize she's pulling out her stuff to, to start smoking. I just see that she's digging around in her purse. She pulls out the lighter and cigarette. I was like, oh, shit. I don't want to be around this. And I'm trying to speed up walking. But she still wants to talk with me. So when I'm speeding up, she's speeding up. And I'm trying, I, I don't want to be a jerk and be like, can you please not smoke around me? But I really don't want this anywhere near me, which is why I'm trying to speed up walking to get away from her. And she's not taking it. So she starts trying to light her cigarette. And I just keep thinking to myself, I really don't want this person around me. I really don't want to smoke around me. Like, I, I just really like want to get away from that situation. Like, 
please don't smoke around me. Like, that's just what I'm thinking to myself, right? So she keeps trying to light her cigarette, and it's not working. She keeps trying. Now, it had been extremely windy outside, but during this moment, when I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, like, please don't let her light her cigarette. Like, please, I just don't want that smoke anywhere around me, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, if I could get away from her a little bit before she starts smoking, like, that would be great. I just really don't want that around me. And as I'm thinking this, the wind picks up hard, like hard as hell. So she's trying and trying and trying to light the cigarette. And now she's getting frustrated. So when she starts getting frustrated, she stops walking. Meanwhile, I take this as my opportunity to walk away from her. So I'm now, I, I, as I'm walking away from her, though, I kind of laugh. And I turn around and I said to her, I said, uh, you know, this is a sign from the universe that you need to quit smoking. And her response was, well, fuck the universe. I need this. So she's, she keeps trying to smoke the cigarette and I am, you know, f- getting further and further away from her. And she's now hanging back behind the group and she's been trying to light the cigarette for at least five minutes. Meanwhile, the other person who was smoking was super far ahead of us. And he's like, hey, come here. I got you. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And she still can't get it. So I get essentially like, I don't know, at least like five car lengths away from this girl. And she still cannot light the cigarette. And finally, she hangs back by the trees because uh, there's where, where we were. We had just walked to the destination. We were going to have lunch and walked back. But that meant that we had to cross our entire parking lot which can fit probably like a thousand cars. So that's, that's sort of lengthwise as some sort of reference. Um, and the lining of our parking lot is a whole bunch of trees. So to get to the restaurant, we had to cross the trees and then walk behind the restaurant, come around the side and come in. So she's now all the way back there and I'm now 10 lengths of cars in, in front of her. Um, so... That was when she was finally able to light her cigarette. Now, do I think that I somehow made it so she couldn't light her cigarette? No. I think I put so much intent into that that I just tapped into a little bit of my magic. But it was really funny when I came inside and I really, I I wasn't even thinking about that while I was there. But then sort of hit me and I was like, oh shit, she couldn't smoke when I was around her at all. We had to be super far away from one another for her to even get her cigarette to to light. Around this time, I will, I think this was around spring, so I got a new spirit guide, which is really cool. She just really helped me get in tune to be able to listen a little bit better, because sometimes, like, sometimes it's really hard to listen. Like, sometimes, um, because, like, you know, I have my own intuition, and then all of a sudden I'm being guided towards something, and it's like, oh, Sometimes it sometimes it goes against what I'm thinking is best, or I don't ask the question the right way. And so I may not get the right answer. And she just kind of helped me figure out how to do that correctly all the time. Um, and I'm going to share one more story. I woke up one night, something woke, something else woke me up. And I realized I hadn't put on my shield, and I realized I wasn't completely alone in my room. And... I was laying on my stomach and I sort of rolled over and I saw like these little spirits in the corner up by the ceiling that were floating. 
and um they were just they were just scoping me out but i wasn't like i was so dismissive <laughs> to them even though one of them was a little more tangible than the others i was super dismissive i was just like for real go away <laughs> rolled over put up my shield and went back to sleep <laughs> i didn't give them the time of day at all and they like they went away it was literally just like i hadn't put up my shield and i wasn't doing very well at the time like i was in a much darker place and so um i think that it was just easier for something to like come on over and get a little curious but it's also like i said like things can't stay in the house for long if they show up like they have to be pretty strong to even show up in the house so they definitely were strong. I just didn't care. <laughs> and I was just like, for real, don't interrupt my sleep again. I will banish you, get out of my house and go away. Like that was just like, that was the tone of my go away. And they did. And it was fine. And I never saw them again. And they didn't wake me up again. So clearly, in my dismissiveness, they were just like, we're not even going to mess with her. She didn't even give us a time of day. That was so fucking rude. Like, fuck this girl. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the uh, emotion that the spirits had to me. The last story that I have to share with you guys today is so my guides have been guiding me a lot. Uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier. They've been they've just been guiding me a lot every single day and through different things that I've been doing throughout the day and where to go and and if I don't completely know if I can do it right then or not, like they'll let me know or they'll just harp on hints to let me know that'll happen throughout my day or my life and I'm just like okay I get it thank you I'm sorry I'll go like I, I I get what you're trying to say and I'll do it now right um so the other day this new restaurant opened up at my job and I said okay well I, I wasn't planning on trying them because I just thought the whole concept was weird but I was having a, a really really tough day and I said, okay, you know what? I will go here as a reward to myself for getting through the day because I didn't really think I was going to be able to do it. So I make it to go order and I can't even find like the place's location, but I had found a website, which apparently you could have, you could place an order on and have them deliver it to you. And because of that, I was able to get the restaurant's phone number. And a picture of the restaurant. So I said, okay. So where my job is, we have a restaurant area on the right to the side of, of, of our job. So earlier when I was talking about we had to cross through the trees to get behind this restaurant, there's a whole little outdoor shopping district over there. So we have that. And then we have another one to the left um, in front of our building. So I said, okay. Based on the picture of uh, that was taken of this restaurant, it should be on the right. It shouldn't be on the left because that that's the colors of the buildings over there. So I go over there, I, I pull out, and in my head I hear go left, and I'm like, no, the place is right. So I turn my car, and I'm sitting here, and my spirit guide is like fussing at me. Like, literally, like, mumbling underneath her, her breath at me because I'm not listening. And I'm like, but the color of the picture said this. It has to be over here. It can't be over there. I don't know why you want me to go left so badly. So I turn, I turn into the shopping place and I can't find, I can't find the restaurant at all. And I'm like, where the hell is the restaurant? I can't find it. So I park my car and I just look at her and I'm like, for real? 
Like, basically, I have a backseat driver. And I'm just like, I don't know where this place is. So I, she doesn't say anything to me. And I am going through and I do some searching and digging. And I find the address for the place. And so in Google Maps, I say, you know, give me the directions to such and such a place. So it tells me, okay, you have to go here. And it kind of like does this whole like rerouting, spinning around in a circle thing, because I've got to kind of go in a circle in order to get out the parking lot of this shopping restaurant this district. And it tells me, okay, you come up here and you pull this way. And I do. And it goes make a left. I feel, I feel the snarkiness coming from my spirit guide right now. So I make a left and I go down and it's like turning. And I was like, what the fuck would I turn there? I'm not going to turn there. So then it tells me, turn here. And I do. And it turns out that the restaurant is actually, one, not as big as I thought it was. And two, um, the picture that they had is completely wrong. The restaurant is exactly on the left in, in front of the building. And it is in between a whole bunch of other tiny little places like a ice cream place and a snack place and a chocolate place and a toys. Like, it's all in between there. You have to park your car in the circle, get up, and walk out and walk into the restaurant. And I was just like, really? So I get in the restaurant, and I don't hear her say anything. I feel her judging me right now very, very harshly. But I don't say anything. I pick up my food. And she wanted me particularly to get a mango smoothie. I love mango. She really wanted me to get one. So I got it as a I'm sorry for not listening to you thing. So I come back. This is this is, sounds ridiculous. I know, but wait till the end. So I come back. I get in the car. I've got my mango smoothie. Mango smoothie was amazing. I pull out, and I'm going back down. And she now is guiding me where to go to be able to get out because where I am now is on a slightly undeveloped road, and I've never been back here, and so I don't know because both of the districts are still in construction. So I don't know exactly really how to get out. I mean, I know where I was and how to get back there. But I also believe like if I just listen to her because she was right last time, that I'll be fine. So she's like, okay, make a left, like whatever. And she's like, I make a left and I'm driving a little bit. And I hear her say to me, if you would have just listened to me, I told you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said something else. And so I called her smart ass. Right as I call her a smartass, my car goes flying. Now, let me explain what happened. Apparently, there was a speed bump. It was not like um, a normal speed bump. It was like a brick walkway. And they hadn't put the sign up that, it, that there was a speed bump there. So the brick walkway is just basically bumped up a little bit for pedestrians walking. So if there's a puddles or floods or whatever, like they can walk a little. And I had gone over this little railway thing. 45 miles an hour. <laughs> so I, I, you know, my car goes, my car, when I say flying, it's not like, um, I didn't, I didn't turn into like the latest action movie. I, I mean, like, it's kind of when you go over a bump or the railroad tracks too fast and you, you kind of come up and you come back down. It was that. And so that happens and I hear her laughing her ass off at me and I'm laughing and I just go, touche. <laughs> like, that's all I could say. That's all I could say was touche. Because if you were to sit down and you were to say, you know, we talk, I talk about this with you guys all the time, think logically. And if you can't, 
if you can't fit something into the normal box, and that means that if it's outside of the normal box, which means it's paranormal, it doesn't mean it's ghost, it doesn't mean it's spirit, it doesn't mean anything like that, it just means it doesn't fit in the normal box. So, if we were to sit here and go through this whole entire situation, in the normal box, there's, I didn't know where the restaurant was. There was no reason for me to think it was going to left. Like I said earlier, I thought I was going to right because based on the picture that was there for the restaurant that just opened about a week ago, they're saying that they're in the district on the right, which is blue and white buildings, not on the district on the left, which is just all white buildings. Not there. It was clearly colored in the blue and white that is of the other shopping center. Additionally, I would have never thought, oh, let me go not only left, but all the way back behind the entire fucking development because it's all the way in the back. I didn't know that. I don't go over there. I've gone over there once. And that was six months ago. So that is actually all I've got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, since we talked about all the business stuff in the front, I don't have any business stuff for here. <laughs> I think we can just jump into the thing that I've learned this week. Um, so the thing that I learned is... If you're going to bring something into your home, you need to be connected with it. I think that works well with anything, right? Like when we go out somewhere and we look at something, we pick it up because we like it. We don't just pick it up because it's a property or it does something. There's a connection there. There's a factor there in us that goes, this thing would be perfect in here. And it really fits me and it feels like me. And so I'm going to bring it in my home. And that works with shopping and food and anything that you really do. But in the place that I mean it, is crystals. So I've been really wanting to go to a metaphysical store. I've been really guided to go to one. Um, the tarot card deck that I have is one I picked out when I was younger. And it's great. And it's perfect. And it's lovely. And it does a good job of holding my energy right now. But I need a stronger deck. I've sort of ascended past the deck and I just need a stronger one. Now I don't know anything about oracle cards or shaman cards, but I also seem to be slightly attracted to those too. So I need to do some research and figure out if I like them. But I'm not going to get a tarot card deck unless I feel connected with it somehow. Like I feel like this is what I need right now. And so I've been searching, but I haven't been able to find something. Where I live, there isn't a metaphysical supply store either. So there's one in the city before mine and one in the city where I work, but it closes pretty quickly after I work. So I kind of not really sure if I want to go there, but I seem to be really guided to go there. However, I didn't. I didn't go there because I said, okay, I'm going to this other city on Saturday. I'll go to one there. And as I was scrolling through, my spirit guide said, this is the one you need to go to. The particular one I need to go to, the parking would have been terrible. And it's right in the middle of downtown St. Augustine. And I know where to park, but because I don't know that particular location, I can't necessarily say that the closest parking spots that I know are close to the area. And I was tired and planning on doing other things, so I didn't go there. I went to another one. Now, it's not like they were saying don't go. They just had a particular one they wanted me to go to. The one where I work and the one in one of the three or four in St. Augustine. So I went to a completely different one that I knew parking would be easy to get to, and it seems like pretty much just right off the road, so I could get in and get out, and that would be it. I show up, and I see the girl, and immediately I'm like, okay, huh, I think that's the owner. Two, she seems pretty nice. And three, I don't know how I feel about her, or if I'm going to find what I need here, but I'm here, so at the least, I can pick up some incense. 
right? That that was my thought. So I come in and she's very nice, very sweet. And somehow in the in-betweens of the me being there, she starts telling me all about her life, which this is not the first or the second or the third time this happens. This happens all the time to me. But when she's telling me about her life, she's also trying to sell me on crystals. And I keep telling her, I'm not picking a crystal unless I feel connected to it. I've only felt connected to a, cr a crystal once in my life. And I felt connected to a second crystal somewhat um, at a place that's actually here where I live. But she does readings, so I'm not even entirely sure she sells the crystals. And I couldn't get her attention long enough to find out. And I wasn't going to interrupt her in the middle of a reading, too. That would be rude. So I didn't go back. I'm probably not going to go back. And instead, I'm just going to see if I can find the stone somewhere. But I really want to get crystals that I feel connected to, particularly for my crystal garden. It's something I've been seeing a lot on Instagram, which always gets me in trouble and gets everyone in trouble. I think Instagram is like the primal place for temptation. <laughs> so this is where I, I was like, oh my god, I never would have thought of like putting all these crystals in this cute little mossy garden space. And it would be perfect for my plants and, and balance and energy and like good stuff. And it would just be great. So, but I'm, I refuse to bring anything in the house unless I'm connected to it. That includes tarot cards and crystals. But the lady, she brings crystals into her house all the time. And she was talking to me about it. And she was talking to me about she seems to look at crystals as they have a property, which, yes, all crystals do, and their decorative value, which is fine. That's fine if that's what you want to look at it for. But as I'm explaining to this person that it's not what I'm looking for, I'm looking to be connected. And if I don't feel connected, I'm not, I'm not purchasing anything. She just continues to show me around and show me a couple other things. And I did find one particular crystal I, I was, there was an area I kept kind of coming back to, and I found one particular crystal that I did like, but it was way expensive. But in that, in, in these conversations, me going to the store, I literally, all I bought was incense for my family, because I know that they've been looking for some, and this lady happened to have them. That was it. They get in my car, and I realize I've now been there about 20 minutes. And I was like, this is why you didn't want me to come to this one. It wasn't because it was going to be a bad experience. It just wasn't going to be what I needed and what I wanted and what I needed to get. And I finally sat down and I said, all right, fine, I'll go to the one that you want. But I say all this to say, don't just get something because you think it looks pretty. Get it because it makes you feel something. Now, to further expand on this when it comes to crystals, please don't just get them because they look pretty. If you want to, that's fine. But understand that you're wasting the possible energetic connection that you can have with a crystal that can really help you. I actually have an amazing crystal story for you guys. And I wasn't really going to share any more stories, but I realized, like, hey, this is one. So here, let's talk about the one and only time I felt connected to a crystal and why it's important that if you're going to get one, you feel connected to it, too. I was living in St. Augustine, and I was a teenager. And, um... We were walking around St. George like we would do numerous times throughout the year when it wasn't too warm. And we came across this particular shop. And I've been to the shop numerous times and I like the energy in the shop. But this time she had a whole bunch of crystals. She sells crystals. That's her thing. She always sells crystals. But I've never really felt anything about any of them. But I was walking by and I saw this one crystal. And it was uh, an amethyst attached to a dragon on a black necklace. And I wasn't really into jewelry or uh, wearing things around my neck or a black threaded necklace, but I love dragons. 
And I had other amethyst things, but I didn't really think they were much of anything. They were given to me because they were pretty. But this, this was different. This was completely different. And I felt something and I felt connected and I just felt like this attraction to this crystal that I had to have it. And my mom was walking around and, and, and she says to me, she goes, did she find something you like? And I said, yeah, this. She kind of gave me a funny look and she goes, okay. She's like, well, how much is it? And I asked the lady and it turns out that it was like 20 or $25, which I thought was pretty expensive. But she said, oh, you know, I'll take off a little bit because we always came in there. So she did. And I got it. And I wouldn't wear it that day, though. I didn't wear it. I left it in the bag. And when I came home, I'd figured out how to charge my jewelry. I would put an intention into each piece. And that's what I charged it with. And with this particular crystal, I charge it for production. If you ask me to this day, what does amethyst do? I don't know. I can't tell you what amethyst does. I have no idea. I don't, I didn't memorize. I have absolutely no clue. I would have to Google it. Just like I would have to Google every other crystal or every other meaning or every other color or every other anything else. So I, I don't know anything about crystals. I charged it with the intention of protection. I wanted it to protect me from some of the things that was going on in my life. And and that was just what I felt like I needed to do. So I did it. And after that, I wore that necklace every single day for three years. I never took it off. I showered with it. If I went to gym class, I got it all sweaty. I swam with it. I never took off that necklace, not once. And it never broke. Which was weird because, I mean, again, it's on a black thread. Thread eventually sort of wears away, which would be another reason of why I wouldn't want the particular necklace, but it didn't. And the dragon was, wasn't was made out of sterling silver or any type of metal that would stay, but it kept together. And so did a little ring between the dragon and the crystal, where I went through a whole phase where every single time I had something with one of those stupid-ass little rings on it, it slipped and I would have to fix it with pliers, but I never had to with this necklace. Never gave me any problems, it just stayed there with me. So, we're gonna get into a little bit of a touchy subject here, but there was this girl at school. She kept asking me to take her home when we would get out early. Sometimes I would tell her no, but I would, I had a really difficult time because I would feel bad. And so I would call my mom and I would ask her, and she would say no. This one particular day, we got out super early, and I mean hours. Like, I had work later on that day. And it was supposed to be right after. Like, I would have had enough time to finish up at school, get to work, and that was it. And we got out hours before. So she didn't have a ride, and she didn't have any way to get home. So I said it to my mom, and I know that I said it in a way of which made her a little sympathetic. Um, and she said, okay, yeah, just call me when you get there. Now, mind you, my school was 15 minutes or so away from the house, and this girl told me she was about 5 to 15 minutes away from the school, which is a large range, but I figured traffic, things like that, and that was all it was really going to be. But that means that I was going to be potentially 30 minutes away from my house. Well, I begin driving her through this area called Nocatee, and if you're from Florida or you've ever been to Ponte Vedra, and you went through Nakati, it's a winding road. It winds all through trees and forestation. And at this time, they didn't have it as mapped out as they do now. It's still freaking confusing. 
and it was even more so then. So we're driving, and we're, again, she told me it was only going to be five, maybe 15 minutes, but I've now been driving for over 20 minutes, and I'm pissed. And I'm getting more and more mad to the point that I'm at this point that I'm about to kill her, or I'm going to have to take her home, or I'm, I'm going to have to take her back to school, because I can't deal with this anymore. Like, you lied to me, and you took advantage of me, and I don't appreciate that. And I don't know how to get home, because this we don't have smartphones at this time. There's no GPS, and the only thing I have is that I'm good with maps and good with little markers, and so I made markers in my brain. But there's construction, and you never know what's going to change. So I get her home 30 minutes later, and she gets out the car, and she's trying to be nice to me, and I basically tell her to get out the car. Because I'm pissed. I call my mom, and I let her know what happened, and I tell her I don't know where I am. And my mom's pissed because... She had a bad feeling about it, but she let me take her. The girl lied to me. I'm upset. And now I have to try to figure out how to get home. And I don't know how or where I am. But I tell my mom I can I can do it. I can figure it out. And I'll get home eventually. And I'll be fine. And she just says, okay, well, call me once you do. Okay. So I start going through all the markers that I had left. Little, a gas station is on the street where you have to turn or... There's this road, and this is the name of it, and I'm really good with that. I'm really good with that to this day, but as I'm going, I get to this one spot, and something's screaming at me, you need to turn here, and I don't. I don't do it because I'm downing myself, and at this time, I had closed myself off from the supernatural, and so I just thought it was me thinking so strongly that this is where I needed to go, that this was the last stop, because it was. After this, I would be on the main road, and then I would be fine, and I would be then passing the school, and I would be home. That's it. I don't turn there. Because my marker was the amount of construction and a sign, and I see the amount of construction, but I don't see a sign. And I'm thinking, well, it must not be this one. Maybe it's one down or something like that, right? So I keep going, and I begin to go down this extremely windy road, and I realize, oh no, that's exactly where I was supposed to turn. They had just taken on a sign for whatever stupid reason. And that's it. So I go and I decide that I'm going to turn into this like little apartment complex, come around the parking lot, come back out to make a U-turn, and then I'll be back on my merry way and that'll be it. And there's a couple cars behind me who are pissed because I'm going super slow because I'm planning on turning and I also don't know where I'm going. And now it's starting to rain and I've got, I put on my headlights and Susie tells me there's a car, but I can't see the car. I don't see it. I don't see it anywhere. And it tells me to be careful, but I don't see it. And then I begin to turn, and then all of a sudden my car spins around. And what happened was I had been T-boned by another car. Now, when this happened, I was driving a 1993 Nissan Altima. What I got hit with was a brand new 2008 Ford Expedition. The woman... I, I have a habit of when I turn, I look in the direction that I'm crossing. So if I was making a left, I'm now, as I'm going left, looking right. I see the car coming to me. And she doesn't break until she's right around, right against me. And I am pressing the gas as hard as I possibly can in the hopes that I can clear her. And I don't, and that's why she hits me. And she hits me from my engine to my trunk spins my car around, and had been speeding 
and going so fast that after she hits my car, she hits a fence, and that's what makes her stop. It's the same fence as the complex, just probably 200 feet down. Now, it turns out that the woman, the speed limit was 35. I was doing 30, and then I stopped to turn. The woman had come around this winding road, and it literally wound and, and curved right at the complex. So there was no way for me to be able to see her to begin with. Even though I had checked and waited, and because something was screaming at me, there's a car, and I don't see a car. Additionally, there's no reason, there was no way for her to stop because she had been speeding. She was doing 60 miles an hour. She would only brake when she'd curve a little bit and then speed back up to 60. So every single car seat in that car was smashed. My car looked like if it had been put in an impound and impounded. And the only seat that was okay was mine. And I didn't remember anything. I um, I had... All I remembered was knowing that I can't go to sleep, even though I was suddenly extremely tired. And when I was sort of fading into, like, an out-of-consciousness, for some reason I thought this woman had a baby. And in my mind, oh my god, the baby. That's it. So that, that force of there's a baby made me get out of the car, made me go see this woman who, no, her car was fine. She was fine. Had never come over to see if I was okay. She was just angry. That was it. She never came to check on me to see if I was okay. And um, I said to her, I said, I said, are you okay? Is your baby okay? And she looks at me and she's like, I don't have a baby. And I was like, but, and she's like, I don't have a baby. And I'm calling the cops. And, and she's pissed off at me because it's my fault that I have caused this whole accident. And perhaps in the, in the terms of the law, yes, I was turning. She was going straight. So she has the right away. I don't. But when you play in the factories that you were speeding and it started raining, our cars were were parked in the exact same way that they were when they collided. My car had the windshield wipers going and my headlights on. Hers did not have her windshield wipers on or her headlights on. So again, like even as a like a light, I, there was no way for me to see this woman at all. And um, I call my mom and I tell her like I've been in a car accident and she is freaking out. And tells me that because they asked me, do I need an ambulance? And I was, I said, I don't know. And she said, go and go, go in the hospital because you don't know if something's wrong. And it was a whole thing. So I'm in there for a while. They do a whole bunch. And, and it, the, the paramedics were laughing at me in the ambulance because I'm sitting there and I'm trying to remember things because for some reason I'm having a really hard time remembering. And I was like, oh, I have to go and work today. I was like, how are they going to know that I'm not going to be there? And the paramedics were like, ma'am, they'll be fine. And I was like, no, I need to call my job. They have to know. <laughs> like, that was my concern. The, the funniest things were my concern. One, one was a baby. And then two was that I was going to be out, out of work for, because of what happened. And I needed to make sure they knew so they didn't get upset. That was it. So I get there, I get to the hospital. They, we have a whole conversation to do a whole bunch of x-rays, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. I come home that night, and I sit on my bed, and I'm like, whoa. Thinking to myself, like, I just had this accident, and I'm okay for the most part. I mean, I'm bruised, and I'm having a hard time remembering things, but I'm okay. And then I hear clink, and I look down, and in my lap, I still have the dragon on, but the amethyst has now fallen off. And I just knew 
as crazy as it sounded, that necklace saved my life. I knew it. I knew it. Now, when I tell this story, I was just in a car accident. The necklace could have gotten hit, but the reason why I had so much bruising is because the car didn't have airbags, and nobody knew because my mom bought the car for me from a friend of hers, and the friend of hers told her it had working earbags. It didn't. It turns out that I had, as the car had spun around, I had spun around, I had hit either the door or the steering wheel. My seatbelt had pulled me back, and that's why I had bruising. So my necklace actually never got a chance to hit anything, ever. My head did, but my necklace did and I mean, it was a longer necklace. It sat somewhere. If I had on a typical t-shirt, it would be underneath the shirt. That's how long it was. And I'm talking even like a, a camisole or a tank top or something like that. It would be underneath the necklace or underneath the shirt. So yeah, I mean, logically, perhaps, but just from the day and everything, it would have gotten broken. But if that's the case, that would have happened when I had to take off all my jewelry for the x-rays. It still was together then. And the crystal itself didn't break. It just fell away from me. Almost like I've done my job. And to this day, I, I, won't, I, I wouldn't touch the necklace because, or the crystal, really, either one. Because I just felt like it had done its job for me and now it was time for someone else. But if that doesn't make you stop and say crystals aren't just decorative, that maybe they have an energy and maybe you should have a connection with them or connection with anything that you buy. I don't really know what else will. And so with that, have a good day. Have a good night. Take care. Love each other and love yourselves. And as we always say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. Bye.